Today, we will be discussing some study tools that will help you both in your faith and your Hebraic thought. Let's get into it. We've got some difficult days ahead. I just want to do God's will. I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. Shalom, shalom, family, and welcome back to another episode of Jacob Seed Podcast. I am your host, Yermiyahu Dawid. And as always, I thank you for joining us right here on Jacob Seed Podcast, because as always, you can be doing anything else with your time, but you chose to rock it with your boy, Yermiyahu, for just a few moments. First of all, um, thank you guys for subscribing to this podcast. If you have not subscribed already, please do so on whatever podcast platform that you're listening to this on, but just don't uh, subscribe and keep this information to yourself. Share it with your friends, families, and loved ones as well. Also, uh, we have a brand new YouTube channel called Messianic Hebrew TV. Um, it'll be in the podcast description links as well, uh, but you can also follow us on Instagram at JacobC12, at JacobC12, um, and the link to that YouTube channel will be in um, my bio on Instagram. You can subscribe to Messianic um, Hebrew TV as well on Excuse me, on YouTube, and that YouTube channel basically um, is an extension of this podcast. You can actually see my face, and we're talking everything from Torah uh, to Hebraic thought and culture. Um, so I hope that uh, when you get there, that blesses you um, and you enjoy the things that you see and hear. Uh, we also have Jacob Seed podcast merchandise um, that you can purchase, and I'll have that link as well um, in this podcast description. And as always. You can follow us again at Jacob C. 12 on Instagram and uh, search Jacob C. Podcast on Facebook. Like us, follow us. You can find those links on those platforms as well. So let's get right into this episode. And we're talking about study tools um, that can help you grow in your faith and your Hebraic thought that will help you grow both in your faith and Hebraic thought. Uh, so let me use this as a disclaimer, first of all. So a lot of these study tools that I have, um, they are from the Messianic Jewish persuasion. Why is that? That is because, um, solely because, there's not a lot of study tools that have been created by our brothers and sisters um, in the Messianic Hebrew movement or the Hebrew Israelite movement or whatever you want to call yourself. Um, there's just not a lot of study tools um, outside of um, YouTube and somebody giving their opinions. So a little bit about me. I like scholarship. I enjoy education. Um, maybe not the classical American education that's been shoved down our throats all of our lives. Um, again, the, the men and women giving opinions about their own experiences, uh, but I like scholarships. I like scholarship. I like um, reading something and somebody proving to me what I just read. Um, I like listening to a teaching and somebody literally proving to me what I just heard. And not just from their opinion, not proof texting now, not taking one little text, one um, one verse and running with it, but giving me the whole context and breaking it down and making it make sense to me. That's called studying. Um, and that is what we should be doing in our spare time as Hebrews, especially Messianic Hebrews. Um, if you want to get a closer relationship with the Most High, we cannot have a close relationship with the Most High void of knowing him. And the best way to know him is, number one, is to pray, is to commune with him. 
So you, it's, it's hard to know an Elohim, to know a God, if you do not commune with him. Number two, um, fast, because fasting allows us to bring our flesh into subjection and helps to rid us of all of the carnality that's in our in our mind, that's in our mouths um, and all the unfruitful things that we do on a daily basis. And then the third thing, which we're talking about in this podcast, uh, the best way to get to know the most high is to study his scriptures. So he spoke to his prophets and they wrote stuff down. He spoke to Moses and he wrote stuff down. And then the living Torah, his son, Yahshua Hamashiach, the Messiah, came on earth and spoke and his disciples wrote stuff down. So we need to study the scriptures so that we can show ourselves approved. Study to show yourself approved. Approved in what? Approved in knowing the most high and able to share this information with others. So I, what I'm going to do is, so this is not going to be a long podcast. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a list of different study tools that you can use. And all of these links will be in the podcast description as well. Um, that has helped me when I very first came into this faith uh, to understand exactly uh, what I was getting into, number one, and two, just the Hebraic thought in scripture. Because if you come from the Christian church, uh, like I have, um, a lot of the thought is Greek thought, Greek and Roman thought. And the Western mind thinks completely different from the Eastern mind and Eastern thought, right? Um, so as hard as it is, because we've been as much as a Hebrew as you want to be, you were born and raised in these United States of America, or you were born and raised somewhere around the world that's not Israel, all right? Um, so you don't have that Eastern mindset, okay? You weren't born in Israel. You weren't born in Iraq or Iran or Afghanistan. Some of you listening may have been. I don't know. Um, call into the show. Uh, there's, there'll be instructions about that at the end of this uh, podcast as well and let us know uh, where you're from and, and how the difference of East and West thought is. But we know that Eastern thinking and Western thinking are completely different, completely different in how they see life in their world in their worldview, um, and how they think about uh, the Most High Yah. So in order for us to get closer to him, because he spoke to an Eastern people, right? So although the Bible, the Bible was written to and by Eastern minded people. Is it for us? Absolutely. It is a living organism that transcends all generations and all cultures. But at the same time, the Most High was speaking to Eastern people and Eastern people were speaking to other Eastern people, and they wrote a book in an Eastern thought from Genesis to Revelations. Now, some would tell you that a lot of the stuff, especially in the New Testament, is written in a Greek thought, but it is not. So you, you, you can't tell me that a bunch of Hebrews wrote to other Hebrews in a foreign thought. You can't tell me that. Nor can you tell me that any Hebrew would even write to a Greek in Greek thought. Maybe they would use analogies to help the Greeks out in their culture, but at the same time, you don't stop being a Hebrew because you're trying to um, proselytize another nation. That's just not the way we did it. So in order to in order to understand our God, you would have to understand our thought, and we would not diminish the thought of Elohim uh, just to share uh, him with another nation. So let's get right into it. So the first, the very first thing that I came across uh, when I came into this faith is a study called the Highest Sold. 
Hyasold, H-A-Y-E-S-O-D. And that is Hebrew for the foundation. So it gives you a, it's an overview pretty much of um, the scriptures, of Torah, of Yahshua, of Elohim, um, and uh, of the feast. And a huge chunk of it deals with the Apostle Paul, or in Hebrew, Shaul. The reason being is because his letters are used mostly in the Christian church to say that, number one, you're crazy for following the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High because Paul said, well, they're done away with. Well, the problem is that Paul is not a primary source. He is a source of a source of a source. Yahshua said in Matthew 5, 17, that he did not come to destroy the law, but he came, or the prophets, but he came to fulfill them, meaning to teach us how to do them correctly, because he is the living Torah teaching us Torah. You can't get any better than that. Uh, John 1 says he was the word and the word became flesh. He was the Torah. The word, the word of God is Torah, his instructions, his instructions became flesh. Um, so it was the living Torah teaching us Torah. Like I said, you can't get any better than that. Uh, but High Soul, it's a whole 10 lessons. It comes with a study book so you can follow along. And you can either buy the DVD, uh, which I did not buy the DVD because I, in my generation, I just don't own a DVD player that actually works. Um, so I got the digital copies and download those digital copies and you follow through with them for uh, 10 lessons. Now, these are Messianic Jewish men. Um, they are not um, Hebrew Israelites. But in the same fashion, the the um, the material is good. The material is good. It's sound doctrine. Um, I wouldn't give you anything that I would think is just crazy and outlandish. So the material is very, very good. I'll put the description. It's called Higher Soul, the Foundation, the Land, the People, and the Scriptures of Israel. So just let me give you a preview of what you would uh, learn there. So. Uh, lesson seven says his letters. It's talking about Paul's letters because we know, again, like I said, the church uses his letters to try to further their lawlessness. Uh, but it says here, the letters of Paul can be hard to understand. On the surface, some passages sound like they are anti-Torah or anti-Jewish. Lesson seven clarifies several key passages in Paul's epistles by placing them back into their original context. So if that piques your interest, um, and then they have a whole bunch of stuff. It's a whole 10 lessons. That's just a description of one of them. Um, and none of, and none of these things are sponsored by this podcast, by the way, either. I'm just trying to give y'all some tools and materials, um, in order to, again, grow your faith and your Hebraic thought. So that is higher sold. That is the first thing higher sold. Also, you have the Hebrew school of Detroit, the Hebrew school of Detroit. So this is more of a classroom environment. And this is done by our brothers in the Messianic Hebrew uh, faith, Hebrew Israelites uh, from Detroit, led by uh, Dr. Kenneth Howard, um, who is, I believe, the pastor of the Great Awakening uh, there in Detroit. I believe I got that right. If I got it wrong, please excuse me. Uh, but there's literally a school called the Hebrew School of Detroit. You can Google that. They also have a Facebook page um, and they recorded one of their classrooms on zoom and so that you would have the opportunity to i believe it's how to defend the law i believe that's the class they recorded that's about like an hour or so long so you have an opportunity to see um exactly what it's all about now this is not a free source neither is higher soul so you do have to pay for higher soul you do have to pay for hebrew school of detroit uh, but they're both really 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 good sources um they even have a um the hebrew school of detroit also has a 
children's learning section called the Lion's Whelp. And all three of my children are going through there. So I have, I have children from the ages of 10 through 5 or 5 through 10, however which way you want to say that. Um, but they are all going through those classes um, taught by, uh, if you know, the Shivanya show. Um, her dad teaches a class. Uh, my brother that has the Truth of Yah board game, he teaches a class on business uh, with children. And then, uh, of course, Only Love, um, Chica Austin. If you have not heard of her name and you're in this walk, you will at some point um, teaching about just Hebrew culture. And obviously they have the Lion's Whelp for the children and they have the full Hebrew school of Detroit for adults. Um, their site will be on this podcast as well. Um, and that's just another way to, number one, connect with other brothers and sisters in the faith. Um, so you'll be doing mainly Zoom classes unless you live in Detroit or in the area. You'll mainly be doing Zoom classes. So you'll be able to, you know, um, get to know some people. And, and you may be surprised that there are people in your area who believe the same thing you do. Because I think a lot of times that we feel like we're on an island all by ourselves uh, because our, our friends have rejected us. Our family thinks we're crazy. And we don't believe that there's anybody um, in our area who thinks like us because a lot of us are either in a rural place or you're in places where um, there are um, Hebrew Israelite or Messianic Hebrew um, uh, congregations that you just prefer not to join. And that's OK. That's OK. I understand. I've been there before. And then all of a sudden, um, like myself, I had a um, uh, hosted a baby shower or my wife hosted a baby shower at our house uh, for one of our friends. And there's a whole bunch of people that came that I didn't even know existed here in my city that believe what I believe. So it's, it's crazy. Uh, you meet a lot of people um, that way, especially through um, Zoom classes and such. But but Hebrew School of Detroit. So, so far, we got Higher Soul, the foundation. Um, we have Hebrew School of Detroit. Um, I believe if you go to the Hebrew School of Detroit, you also get like a certificate or a like a degree or something like that. It's not an accredited school, um, but it does take you, I believe, through like four semesters of just intense learning of the scriptures of Hebraic thought, Hebraic culture, also the Hebrew language, which is very important, too. And I know some people say it's not important. Um, it's not important to be fluent in it, I believe. But it's at least important to understand and use tips and tools to help you understand and that. And that and that kind of segues right into my next point. Um, know the Hebrew language again, not fluently, but use tools. So if you use there's a tool called the Blue Letter Bible. If you don't have it, you can download it on your phone. Um, you can also pull it up on any laptop or um, desktop. I, I found the best way for me is the phone because the laptop and the desktop, the, the web version is kind of not as user friendly, uh, but you can pull that up. Um, I think it has three or four different translations of the Bible on there, but the, the translation of the Bible is not what was not necessarily what's important. It's the fact that you can use an interlinear Bible when you're studying the scriptures in order to understand the thoughts of, uh, of that, of that passage, right? So you're able to pull up the Hebrew or pull up the Greek of that passage and understand exactly what the author was trying to convey um, in that, because a lot of things, as they say, get lost in translation. It gets lost in translation. Um, so when you study, make sure you're studying the Hebrew and the Greek of things um, so that you can get the right context, because a lot of times we can read something and it's really not saying what you think it's saying, because back then there was there were a lot of um, idioms, slang words, metaphors that we just don't use now today in the 21st century that they use in the first century or in the second, third, fourth, fifth century B.C. before uh, Christ came on the scene. So it's very important that we get um, get some background um, 
context and historical cultural context as well. Um, also, a good a good study tip is to study from different translations. I know, I know, a lot of us love that King James Bible. A lot of us love this uh, uh, the 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 Sefer Bible, and that's that's okay. Nothing wrong with those. My wife's primary Bible is the Sefer. My primary Bible is the King James with Apocrypha. But when I study, I study from all different translations. Why? Because it does not make me one dimensional. So if you study from one translation, it will make you one dimensional. And a lot of leaders will tell you, oh, King James only, Sefer only or whatever. And I'm telling you the truth here now. Some of them don't feel this way, but a lot of them, because they're one dimensional themselves, and they don't want no people around them that's smarter than them. When you study from different translations, you kind of get a, a rounded idea about that particular verse. OK, so, for instance, when I'm studying the um, the Tanakh or the Old Testament, the most of the time I'm using a Tanakh, a, a, a Old Testament scriptures only Bible. Um, I prefer to use the stone edition, but I have other editions, but I prefer to use the stone edition. Why? Because you learn a lot of things. The whole point is to study and to get understanding. If we don't get anything, at least we can get some understanding. A good example is Numbers 1538. So Numbers 1538, of course, obviously, if, you, if you've been in a Hebrew Israelite for two days, you know Numbers 1538. <clears throat> in the Tanakh, it reads, speak to the children of Israel and, and say to them that they shall make zizits on the corners of their garments throughout their generations. And they shall place on the tzitzit of each corner a thread of turquoise wool. It shall constitute tzitzits for you that you may see it and remember all the commandments of Hashem and to perform them and not explore after your heart and after your eyes and after which you stray. So um, in the commentary down here, it says that one of the strings of each fringe is to be dyed turquoise with the blood of an aquatic creature known as a chislon. Uh, the exact identity of the creature that is the source of this blue dye is unknown nowadays. Um, the thread helps the wearer focus on his duty to God because, as the sages put it, um, it is similar to the color of the sea, the sea to the sky, and the sky to God's throne of glory. So you see how deep they thought just about the fringe or the tzitzit or whatever you choose to wear it wasn't just a fashion statement it wasn't just oh i'm hebrew so i wear fringes or i wear zits like no they had this high view of zits and a lot of times they never cut them off their clothes because those were seen as something that was set apart and holy because they are and they they allowed you to not just remember the commandments of the most high but be always in remembrance of the most high himself all right. So they had a deep, deep, deep view of um, of what it meant to be a Hebrew because they were Hebrews um, and what it meant even down to their clothing. Like everything had a meaning and a purpose. Nothing they did was unpurposeful, even when they sinned. It's crazy. Even when they sinned, there was some deep purpose behind it. Um, a lot of times it was because they did wasn't getting no rain and they wasn't getting no rain because they sinned. And our ancestors, just like us today, we are so foolish to think that when things don't happen for us, that we need to keep on sinning or keep on trying other things outside of the most high. But if our people, 
it's OE. Um, and it's not about this podcast. And I don't want to get down to this rabbit hole, but I'll say this real quick. Our people um, want to be out of poverty. We want to be out of oppression. We want to be out of, uh, we don't want to be hungry anymore. We want cops to uh, stop killing us on the street. Uh, we pretty much wanted to stop being illegal to be born a so-called African-American man or woman. But we try everything except the Most High and his laws, statutes, and commandments, just like our ancestors, stiff-necked and willing and not willing to turn back. And that is our issue. And a lot of times, and I say that because we, we, we don't study the scriptures. So if our brothers and sisters who are stuck in these mosques and in these church would study the scripture from the Hebraic thought and not just listen to what they pastor tell them, or what their, uh, uh, their mosque leader tells them, but actually study and, and get a grasp of these scriptures, their mind will be changed. Because I didn't come into the Hebrew faith because someone on a street corner told me I was an Israelite. I came into the Hebrew faith because I genuinely prayed. Like this, something ain't, something's missing in these scriptures. So I genuinely prayed and said, yo, um, most high, like I need you to reveal truth to me in your scripture. I need to know the truth. And one day I just, I just happened to read Deuteronomy chapter 28 along with Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew five seventeen, And man, my mind was blown. Mind was blown and I've, I've never been the same since, but it all comes in studying the scriptures and not just from one translation, Study a lot of different translations. So the translations I, I use, my main, my primary translation is King James Version with Apocrypha because I just love to have a full Bible. And I do like the way the King James reads. But again, like I said, I also study the Tanakh, um, the Stone Edition. Another thing, let me show you also um, in the Tanakh. I'll read, um, that's Numbers. Let me read to you um, Leviticus. Leviticus 26. Let me go there. Let me get there first. Hold on. I should have had like paper mark or something there, but it just popped in my head. Leviticus 26. Let me get there. I think it's like 30, 30 something. 30 or 40 something. Let me, let me see. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. All right, Leviticus 26, so it's Leviticus 26, 30, Leviticus 26, 30, and my King James with Apocrypha says, I will destroy your high places and cut down your images and cast your carcasses upon the carcasses of your idols and my soul shall abhor you. All right. But in the Tanakh, it is very it gets very specific. That's why I say you have to study with different translations, specifically the Tanakh, the stone edition. Um, Leviticus 26, 30 in the Tanakh says, I will destroy your lofty buildings and decimate your sun idols. So it gets real specific about what kind of idol and high place he's going to destroy the sun idols, sun worship, Sunday worship. He's going to destroy it. So they was doing this. is not the first time that our people have been worshiping the sun. It just looks a different way. 
All right. He says, I will cast your carcasses upon the carcasses of your idols and my spirit will reject you. So it's not it just won't abhor you, hate you. It will reject you altogether. So if you if you know your friends and your families are into sun worship, so they worship it on Sundays, they, they worship in that that, you know, um, the image of Caesarea Borgia, which they call Jesus the Christ. Um, their Sabbath is on Sunday. They, they don't even know that they're part of the Roman Catholic Church, which doesn't hide any idolatry that they do. Um, they'll let you know that they're worshiping the sun. They'll let you know that they're worshiping Tammuz and Astaroth and all these things and Mithras and, and, and uh, Serapis and all this stuff. Like all this stuff is written, is documented, it's, it's in the Vatican, it's at St. Petersburg Square. St. Petersburg Square even has an obulus. Uh, so that's an homage to Egypt, um, which Egypt was, they were sun worshipers. They worshiped Tammuz and his mother. Um, they believe that the, the Pharaoh was the reincarnation of the sun and all this other stuff. Sun worship. The Most High said he's going to destroy those sun idols. So churches ain't safe. They're just not safe. I've always said, man, I'm not going to a church unless it's a, a wedding or a funeral. I don't even want to go in for that. But studying from different translations will allow you to see different things like that. So it's not just high and lofty places, but he's being very specific. He's going to destroy the sun worship. And if you decide you want to be a sun worshiper, his spirit will reject you. So it's very specific things when you start to get into different translations. Um, so that's the Tanakh Stone Edition. Another um, translation I use besides my King James is the Jewish New Testament commentary uh, with the Jewish New Testament. Yes, Jewish. I said Jewish. Um, we'll get into that word probably on another podcast for another day. But um, in this one, it's written. So the New Testament is now written in Hebraic thought. It's written in Hebrew, not Eastern thought, not Greek, uh, Roman Greek thought, but Hebraic thought. Um, and I think the full thing now is not a separate thing anymore. So the full thing now is, I believe, called the complete Jewish Bible or complete Jewish study Bible. Um, I'll find it and put it down in the uh, podcast links as well. Um, but this is another thing that I study from uh, something that's really cool. So, for instance, so uh, the first thing your family is going to tell you when you come to the side and tell them and you're going to tell them to, they need to continue to follow the law, statutes, commandments. They're going to go to Romans chapter six, verse 14, and they're going to say, oh, well, we're under grace. We're no longer under the law. Um, this is what this commentary says about that. So Romans 14, you're, you know, we're, we're no longer under the law, but we're under grace. The writer of this commentary says you are not under legalism. Shaul's use of the phrase discussed in depth of uh, the word nomos literally means law and often translated Torah in the Jewish New Testament. Uh, must here be rendered legalism, which is defined as a perversion of Torah into a system of rules for earning God's praise without trusting, loving, or communion with God, or communing with God, the giver of the Torah. So here, uh, both Paul and Yahshua, um, when they're teaching, they're destroying the traditions of men. So we're talking about Mishnahs and Talmuds and all these different things. He's they're, they're, they're breaking all that stuff down. And Paul himself would know be versed in all of that because remember he was a pharisee so he went to school and learned all of that stuff it continues to say under legalism under grace the word twice translated under greek umpo means controlled by or in subjection to um, and opens up the path to the slavery metaphor in the following verses 
But in what sense are believers in subjection to grace? In the sense that they have accepted Yahshua's yoke, which is easy and light to be under, in contrast with the yoke of legalism. So the Talmud, the Mishnah, all these things, which is not. Being under grace is a subjection which, because of the nature of grace itself, does not have the usual oppressive characteristics of subjection. So it's saying that you are now controlled by grace and not by legalism. So it says God's people are to live Torah, but they are not to, um, so in, uh, within the framework, so live Torah, but they are not to be under subjection to legalism. Um, God's giving the Torah in itself is an act of grace, which the New Testament compares with the sending of Yahshua. God's people, the people who are in a trust relationship with him, are and always have been under grace and under Torah, a gracious subjection, but never under legalism, a harsh subjection. So that kind of breaks it down more that, no, we, we don't. Paul didn't say that you're under grace and no longer under Torah because you because you don't have the cultural um, and the biblical historical context behind it. You would think that Paul is saying, hey, you're under grace now. You're no longer under the law. So just be lawless. You are you are free to be lawless. And there's plenty of places in scripture where he says that's not what you're free to do. Um, so just getting different commentaries, getting different um, um, translations just helps you kind of first to understand things for yourself so that then you can teach it correctly to others. Because if we are to be an example of Yahshua um, walking his footsteps, he came not to teach the scriptures in the wrong way, which the which the fair some of the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, were doing. But he came to put the Torah in its proper um, position, in its proper place. Um, so we should be doing the same thing with our friends, families and loved ones. So uh, don't don't get don't get bogged down into uh, one translation. Um, open your library up to all different kind of translations. Um, look at different. So the next thing is to look at different kind of Jewish and African Hebrew sites to get a better understanding of uh, culture and the feast. Now, <clears throat> I say this with a disclaimer. So I go to some if I don't understand some things, I may type in the Messianic Jewish view of this, because, again, our um, community, the Hebrew Israelite community doesn't have a lot of blogs or a lot of websites that just break down scripture by scripture. Um, the Messianic Jewish community have been doing this for a very long time, and they do have that. And you will be surprised that uh, because I, I, I did not come through this faith, if most know or don't know, through a camp or through a Hebrew Israelite assembly. I came through through a Messianic Jewish synagogue. And the crazy thing about it is that um, when I left the synagogue and started listening to my brothers and sisters in the Hebrew Israelite movement, um, and now I'm at a, a Messianic Hebrew um, assembly, they're saying the same stuff they are saying they ain't saying no different than what the camps and what the the hebrew assemblies are saying the only difference is they believe that they are the people and we ain't we believe that we the people and they ain't that is the only difference so a lot of times i'll say hey um let me type in messianic hebrew view of corinthians chapter 11 knowing that it says hey if a man has his head covered while he's praying he disgraces um, his head, which is Yahshua. Uh, but at the same time, the priests, um, the Levites were told that they must have a tunic on their head while they're praying and worshiping and things of that nature. So how do you like, how do you juggle that? Like, what is it saying? So it's saying something. And if you just read it by faith value, you'll believe that's what it's saying. But a lot of times when you get to understanding Torah, you have a right view of Torah. 
you have a correct view of Hebraic thought, um, things don't always mean what they mean in English as they do in Hebrew and different Hebrew thoughts in that nature. So look at different kinds of Jewish and African Hebrew sites to get a better understanding of the feast. So there are some African Hebrew sites out there. I don't know the exact sites. Um, I may find one or two just to put in the podcast description so you can look at them. Uh, but a lot of our brothers and sisters in Africa, uh, whether it's the Bantu tribes, the Igbo tribes, the Yabrua tribes, the Ashanti, the, uh, the, the Fulani, um, the Limba, like they've been doing this forever. They left in 70 AD for persecution. They left Israel and they never stopped doing um, the customs of of Torah. Um, they never and not all of them believe in Yahshua. Um, so you got to, as my more says, eat the meat and throughout the bones. But there are a lot of Messianic Hebrews right there on the continent of Africa um, who's never stopped um, their culture or faith at all for in any generation. Um, and sometimes they put their stuff on YouTube or they have websites where they explain different scriptures and that uh, nature. And just look for those things as well to help you understand. Uh, first of all, it helps you grow in your faith. So now you understand the scripture in the, in the correct context, in the correct mindset. Um, so it helps you to um, know how, how the Most High wants to be worshipped um, through his word. And then just it just grows you culturally because you know you now have a better connection to your culture. And the same thing is with the with the Messianic Jewish sites or Jewish sites, wherever you want to go to, um, you eat the meat and throw out the bones. Obviously, when you go to some of these sites, some things are strictly a Germanic practice, meaning practices from Germany, Poland, and um, uh, Kazaria and all these places. And those things you will easily be able to um, point out. And they'll tell you sometimes this is not a Hebrew custom. This is a Yiddish custom. They'll just They'll just point blank tell you sometimes. Um, but sometimes those things are very obvious. So, again, when you go to these websites, when you're reading these commentaries, chew the meat, spit out the bones. All right. So the fifth thing, um, do not reject something because it is supposedly Jewish. They got their culture from somewhere, meaning if they are truly converts, as a lot of us believe. They got their culture from who? Our ancestors. So they've been parading as Hebrews for thousands of years now. So they've gotten a rhythm to this thing. Um, they've gotten an understanding of this thing, right? So sometimes we just need to humble ourselves and not only learn from the Jewish community, but also learn from the African Jew community as well. Our brothers and sisters from Africa who, have, again, who has never stopped their culture. So if you didn't want to look at a at a white person on the screen um, that kind of vexes you a little bit, there are plenty of African brothers and sisters um, that may have uh, websites, whatever. But again, be careful with some of those things, because some of those uh, just like with the Jewish websites, um, with the uh, Ashkenazi or whoever, some of them may be teaching uh, mysticism and Kabbalah and all this other stuff. You got to be careful with that. And then with the African side of the Jews, um, you have some people um practicing and teaching voodoo and things of that nature so you also have to be careful with that but again chew up the meat spit out the bones um, allow the holy spirit be in much prayer be in much fasting and allow the ruach hakodesh the holy spirit to guide you um that's pretty much it guys um, i don't have a lot of things that i use to study with if you have some different study tools um as i post um snippets of this podcast on social media usually on instagram at jacob c12 put in the comments some things that you use uh, to help you study to grow in your faith and to grow in your hebraic thought uh, so again down the list that's higher sold h-a-y-e-s-o-d literally means the foundation 
the Hebrew school of Detroit. Um, study from different translations. That doesn't mean you have to give up whatever your primary translation is, but just study different translations so you can get a better rounded view of things. Um, look at all different kind of Jewish and African Hebrew sites. And again, be careful with some of those so you don't get sucked into some mysticism, Kabbalah, voodoo, all that kind of stuff. Um, take it with caution and, and, and skepticism. But if they if they say something that you know is right or they say something that's culturally correct, um, you know, heed that. Uh, do not reject something because it's supposedly Jewish or because it's supposedly African. Um, sometimes they're right. And my whole thing is when you're right, you are right. When I was at that synagogue, 99% of the things they were saying were right. Uh, the 1% of the thing that I thought they were saying was wrong was that they were the original Israelites of the Bible. I did not agree with that. But I agree with every other word that came out of that rabbi's mouth. Because um, he's not saying anything different than what your camp leader's saying. Trust me, I'm telling you. I'm to, you may be hard to believe, but he ain't saying nothing different from what your camp leader is saying um, and what your assembly leader is saying. Um, the only difference is they have... They have pale skin, so they can get away with saying some stuff like that. But when we say it, all of a sudden we're a, um, I don't know what they're calling us, um, black Hebrew Israelite extremist, identity extremists, or whatever they, the, the government has uh, classified us as now. But it's, it's ridiculous. But all in all, get some of these tools, grow in your faith, grow in your Hebraic thought. Um, the Most High got you. Even if you can't get hold of these tools like right, right now continue to be in constant prayer and constant fasting so that you will be in the right connection um, with the most high as always my brothers and my sisters keep it 98 plus 2 share the truth live it out inform others shalom Thank you for listening to this episode of Jacob's Seed Podcast. If you have not already, we ask that you subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, as well as sharing it on your social media outlets. You can find Jacob's Seed Podcast on Instagram at Seed 12 as well as on Facebook at Seed Podcast. Ever want to know how to be a part of the podcast? You can call the podcast voicemail at 901-300-7474 and leave a one-minute comment or question, and we will play it on the next episode. Ever want to know how to support the podcast? You can go on Facebook and press the Learn More button, or you can go on Instagram and press the link in the bio. If you do not have Facebook or Instagram, you can simply go to jacobc12.wixsite.com slash podcast. That's jacobc12.wixsite.com slash podcast. Select store and find ways to support this podcast. We thank you. We love you. And as always, we wish you shalom. Shalom.